It's time for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're along in this Friday afternoon. Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal in studio with me per usual on a Friday. What's up, Ryan? Doing good. Uh, it's a little wet out there. <laughs> I got, got kind of, yeah, I got kind of drenched as I was walking my way in. But uh, overall, you know, it's football night. There's football last night. There's football tomorrow. So it's a good time. It feels like fall, but it feels like late fall, like the unpleasant time between fall and winter. Yeah, sounds about right. Like, uh... What is it, like early November, kind mm-hmm. of? Like you're approaching Thanksgiving where it's a cold fall? Yep. Not like a pleasant, hey, let's go throw the ball, throw the football outside. No, it's like, no, let's just stay inside No, watch football. That's what I was doing last night. I was watching a little bit of football, staying inside, and trying not to do a whole lot else. Unfortunately, the game just wasn't that good. Let's just say it for what it is. That game was a dud. It was not a great defensive no. battle. Yes, there was some good defense in there. But the game was a dud. It was not some eloquent defensive masterpiece. No, no. I know I know. Uh, a lot of Packer fans are starting to spin that that way. But, I mean, yeah, they made a great play on that pick and of Trubisky. And, uh, you know, they looked sharp at times. But, mm. no, it was, it was a bad game. Uh, the Packers, with the exception of that long bomb that Rodgers completed, it, they really didn't do much offensively. The Bears were awful offensively. Mm-hmm. It just Rodgers looked really out of sync, especially early, which uh, there was talk on Twitter that maybe you need to force your quarterbacks to at least play something during the preseason. Last night made a good case for the preseason. Yeah, for at least, I mean, not just I mean, not an entire game, but at least get a few series in because it just... The passes weren't on target. The receivers a little, you know, weren't doing the right routes. And it was just, it was kind of bizarre to watch an Aaron Rodgers kind of offense look that way. Mm -hmm. But uh, they figured it out, but it still wasn't great. And then you got Mitch Trubisky, who uh, just, (laughs) he's like out there last night to prove I am entirely overrated. (laughs) Like, because that was the thing, the knock on him is that um, the Bears defense will carry them. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's going to have to, but, like, if Trubisky can just take that next step. Last night he took, like, a big step backward, and it makes the Bears trading up to get him look even worse now. Keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were still available when they traded up to get Trubisky. Yeah. And they were wow. seen as, in the Bears' minds, as a risk. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, uh, MVP cal- caliber quarterback, um, Watson, had he not gotten hurt, probably, you know, would have lit up. Far above league. average he, quarterback. Far above average quarterback. And Trubisky is a below average quarterback at best. So, but it, it continues the Bears' long line of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of Jim McMahon, and he wasn't that great to begin with. And he it, was the last really good quarterback they've yes, had. Yeah, I mean, how, it's like the Browns, although not as hilarious as the Browns, no. the amount of mediocre quarterbacks that they've had. On the, I mean, it's. <clears throat> I bet I know a lot of Bears fans, and they're just like, how have, how have we gone this long with not having a decent QB? Right. It, it just, either they draft terribly <laughs> when it comes to finding a quarterback, or they're not making the right trade to go find one. It, it's, And then uh, they'll have good kickers. Yeah. But then they'll get rid of their good kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Gold, yeah. they want to get you know what they thought was an upgrade and get Cody Parkey, and now Eddie Pinero. Yeah. Who, he got that kick, got mm-hmm. the Bears on the board. Didn't look particularly good the rest no. of the game, but, uh, you know, it... They might have found their answer. Uh, did you love the sarcastic Bears cheer? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I think that was the loudest the stadium got. Yeah, it was just like, yay, we know how to kick a field goal. <laughs> you know, it's uh, – did Matt Nagy look – was his game plan just bizarre? It was terrible. He ran the ball, what, 12 times? Uh-huh. I mean, you you think you'd fi- – it's something that's befuddled me when it comes to football coaches is that if you figure out something's working – like or something that you're doing is clearly not working. Why wouldn't you try something different? It's like why would you keep trying to do the thing that isn't working? Mm-hmm. It uh, and that's what Matt Nagy did last night. Their running game was okay, and he could have put a little more effort into it, but he kept having them throw the ball when it was clear Trubisky was not doing well. Sometimes I wondered if he just forgot about Tariq Cohen, like he was even on the roster. And then David Montgomery, he looked good when he did touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just. Matt, are you aware that you have running backs? You know, I, I know you're obsessed with getting ten kickers in the offseason. All his focus is gone this offseason. Yeah, entirely on the kicking game. But you do have some decent running backs there. They're not; these aren't like what Matt Forte was, you know, for the Bears. Right. But these are guys who can carry the load and contribute to the offense. But I was just like, Trubisky was awful. Matt Nagy's game plan didn't make any sense, and uh, it just. The Packers didn't look great either. I know mm-hmm. some they're trying you know, people are like, Look how good we is you managed ten points. Right. I mean, really? <laughs> there was one exciting drive, one good drive between the two teams yes. that entire game. And that was it. Yep, the only touchdown drive of the game. I mean, Rogers had that deep ball throw mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Grant like showed that he still exists <laughs> <laughs> and caught a touchdown. And that was that was it. That mm-hmm. was the highlight, uh, and it lasted what like two minutes. Mm-hmm. That was the. Extent. It was like four play drive. Yeah, that was the extent of the excitement of that game. And on a side note, I know it was a gimmick they were trying to do, but the whole Roaring Twenties outfits. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, it was like I know what you guys are trying to do, but it looks so bad. I mean, it's. I mean, you got. Tafoya's wearing a flapper dress out there mm-hmm. on the sidelines, and you got... Uh, Al Michaels looked miserable. Yes, he did. <laughs> like, why am I having to do this? I think Chris Collinsworth loved it. Oh, yeah. He, he looked was, like he was having a blast. He was all into the whole thing, and Michaels is just like, this is what my career's become. <laughs> I'm dressing like this. I called the miracle on ice, and now i got to do this. Yeah, and now I'm dressing like a 1920s reporter. <laughs> and uh, it just... Oh, boy. And then they kind of like, would John Madden have ever done this? Okay, John mm. Madden was a big enough fool on his own. <laughs> he didn't need to dress weird. <laughs> he didn't need to dress weird to make up for that. Uh, that's just a shot at John. John was a goofy guy, you know. He just, for, for my generation, John Madden, and yours as well, is mm-hmm. just like, he's the guy who had a video game named after exactly. him. And the guy in the beer th- booth was just weird <laughs> no that's the that's the extent of john madden i think so. he was weird out of the booth too like wasn't he so terrified of flying that he never did the pro bowl because it was in hawaii he could never fly there he would always drive or he would always have somebody drive him to the games that he covered yeah didn't he have like a bus that yeah. he was on yeah. like he, he would spend a week on the bus like driving out there and it's like i hope he had the money to pay for that <laughs> Or, like, Fox, like, gave him money to do that, because that's, like, doing it every week. Uh-huh. That's grueling. Think how many days earlier you'd have to leave to be able to make that happen. Or, like, let's say you're broadcasting a game in Tampa. Yeah. And then the following week, you have to broadcast a game in Seattle. Exactly. You're, you're driving from Florida to Washington. That's going to take forever. 
And like, I don't like flying either. I I'm mean, afraid of heights, a, yeah. and I don't like it, but I'll still get on the plane because, you know, it's common sense. <laughs> yeah, it gets you to your destination faster, you know? It's like, sometimes you got to put up with the things you're not comfortable with to actually accomplish the task that you're trying to do. So it's just, but that's John. John was a character. Um, but yeah, I just, it was a game that is not worth remembering. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like you, you talk about it because it happened, right? but it's not like something you're going to be like, Oh, let's talk about it again next week. It's like, unless like, the Packers explode and like score forty points next week, or if the defense like falls apart, or somehow Mitch Trubisky proves the doubters wrong. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to reflect upon this game because it was awful. The preseason was better than this. Weirdly enough, yeah, <laughs> the, the game in Winnipeg <laughs> was more memorable than the game that was last night. It was. I mean, I'm. I'm watching people. I mean, there's a lot of Packers fans that follow me on Twitter, and there's a couple Bears fans, and they were just like, what is this? <laughs> you know, it's like the Packers were winning, so mm-hmm. they were happy, but, I mean, they were just like, this still isn't right what they wanted, you know, and not what people expected. So, I mean, I picked a, I picked Green Bay to have a down year, mm-hmm. and if they play that bad offensively, they're going to have a, a down right. year. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that that is going to continue because yeah. Rodgers just needs some snaps, and I think that offense will get going better. And I'm not saying their defense isn't better this year, but don't try to spin this as a stellar defensive battle between two teams. These were two bad offenses going at it. Above average defenses, the Bears really above average. Mm-hmm. But this was just a bad game. This yeah. was just a dud. Two offenses that did not have a lot no. of snaps going into it. No, you uh, you can't really polish something that isn't worth polishing. And that was that game last night. Like I was, I'm I'm watching it, but like there are times where I would flip to find something else on. Yeah. It was so like it slogged along. I mean, like I got to see the Packers touchdown. I watched that and I'm like, okay, are the bears going to have an answer here? But it's just like watching Trubisky struggle and then watching the Packers offense do virtually nothing. It was just like, I wish, I wish this was like a Thursday night where they had like a second game, mm-hmm. you know, like what they do Monday nights, the first right. year, you know, like the first game of the year, there's two Monday night games. I feel like there should be two Thursday night games. So you can be like, oh, this game's awful, but I can, uh, <laughs> I can catch whatever B game that they have going on <laughs> or something. I think that's why they had the Mac on Thursday nights. Yeah. That's supposed to be your B game. Although the twins were on ESPN plus. So oh. I did watch them a little bit last night. Yeah, I, I can't get an ESPN Plus. It's a good, good ending to last night's game. Yeah, the uh, the throwout at yep. home. Rosario, the one hop off the green monster, throws out Devers at home. Six and a half game lead. Cleveland coming to town tonight, but that's off subject. Yeah. Talking about Trubisky, though, coming into that game, I thought he's a slightly above average quarterback, helped by his coach, of course, after a slightly above average year last year. About halftime, I thought, okay, Trubisky is like setting the par. For the average quarterback, like it used to be Steve Berline, remember him? <laughs> now, now it's Mitch Trubisky, and by the fourth quarter, and it's all summed up with that interception he threw. Like, what was the best outcome for the Bears on the ball that he threw? It looked like he was trying to throw it away, but he short armed it, and Amos intercepted it. And that's when I thought, "Wow, Trubisky's just not good," and he's still the best quarterback they've had since Jim McMahon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm watching when he made that throw. First of all. The receiver is in good coverage, so he's throwing a ball to a guy who's probably not going to catch it because the mm-hmm. coverage is good. And then within, like, a matter of seconds, you know, 
the closing defender is right there. I mean, like, he basically threw it, I would say, in one-and-a-half coverage <laughs> that turned into double coverage. At the time he released the ball, it was like one-and-a-half, and by the time it got there, it was double coverage. It was, And the thing is, when I watch, there was a couple plays where I watched Trubisky where his running back, I can't remember who was in the game, it might have been Montgomery, mm-hmm. but he's standing there over the middle, open. You know, he's sitting there, like, waiting to get the ball. Because he would have had a first down. Like, there was not a Packer within him. And instead he tries a dump pass to the side that gets lost of two yards. And I'm like, do you not see the guy, like, directly in front of you? It's like, playing quarterback in the NFL is not easy by any means. But I think even I could see a guy open directly in front of my face. (laughs) You know? It's like, I don't know. That was supposed to be, like... A coming out party, you mm-hmm. know, like that he has a lot of doubters last year still, and like, oh, if he shines in his opening game, plays well, maybe he can put that aside. He decided to play worse, mm-hmm. and now he's going to have even more doubters. And uh, I'm wondering if he can bounce back from this, yeah. you know, because when you <laughs> when the first game of the season you play awful, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to rebound from that. Right. Now, you have to do it fast, but you wonder if he's gonna. Rodgers didn't have a great game, and he took responsibility for that in the post game. I think he will be better, and the Packer offense will be better overall. But now I'm starting to think the Packers are going to have a better overall year than the Bears. (laughs) I mean, I thought the Bears would be a playoff team. I thought they'd finish ahead of Green Bay. But now I'm starting to rethink it because neither offense looked good, but I have more confidence Green Bay's is going to get better than I do Chicago's. I think Green Bay will, as offense, if they can play – at the level that they can play, I think they'll be. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I think at best they might be seven and nine. Yeah. But uh, you know they can show progress. The Bears are going to be entirely carried by their defense, mm-hmm. um, uh, like the '85 Bears. <laughs> I mean, now the '85 Bears had Walter Payton, so they weren't entirely carried by their defense. Right. But that's what they're remembered for, and that's I think what the Bears are going to be known for this year is. Khalil Mack, please save us, kind of a thing. Is that, is that That's what the Bears thing is going to be. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We had breaking NFL news a couple of hours ago, actually a couple times today, a couple different hours apart, and it was all by the same organization. We'll tell you about it next. What's going on in Oakland on ESPN-UP? Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're with us as always. Special day today, not only is it Friday of the high school football season's week two, it's also 906 day, which will be my first up here. Yeah. It's kind of a fun day. Hit the 906 bar. I'm sure they're doing something today. (laughs) (laughs) Love going to the 906, but I've got a football game tonight. Yes, yes. I've got a trip to make to Iron Mountain after this, which, by the way, you can hear on ESPN-UP tonight. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. Both those times are Eastern. Should be a fun one tonight. Yeah, uh, I'll be trying to keep track of it the best I can. I'll be at Nagani, but uh, I try to keep track of you guys, too. Well, that'll be a fun one, too. Yeah, you met at Nagani. Yeah, I... uh, if if I know the history of those two teams, it's going to be low scoring and probably going to be a dogfight. Well, I tell you what, more drama going on in Oakland today. We all know what happened yesterday. Antonio Brown nearly got in a physical altercation with his general manager. Today around noon, the story broke that he apologized. It was an emotional apology with the team captains beside him. And about 2 o'clock today, head coach John Gruden said Antonio Brown will not be suspended. 
he will, in fact, play Monday night against Denver. I tell you what, do you buy this that Antonio Brown is sincerely sorry for what he did, or did he just start to realize, I might be out $30 million because I'm going to lose that guaranteed money when they release me. Someone else might sign me, you know, try to see if they can get something out of me, but no one's going to do it for that money. I think it was primarily that I'm losing a lot of money and uh, my image is pretty much tarnished. And if I do get released, the Cowboys might want me or maybe New England with Belichick <laughs> will try to reform me into a team player. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was uh, – is, is he like T.O. in a way? Oh, yeah. T.O. was like the original diva. Mm-hmm. And then Keyshawn Johnson – to yeah. a lesser extent, maybe. Moss. Moss, is that way. <laughs> maybe to a little lesser extent. And now Antonio Brown is setting the bar himself. Well, here, here's the thing with those guys. Moss is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Terrell Owens is a potential Hall of Famer. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Well, if he does, <laughs> he, he's, he, has the, he has the stats to be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown has not proved that he's going to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver yet. Not quite. Not quite. I mean, he has potentially, but... It's like, I feel like you need to, if you're going to act that way, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) accomplish a lot. You know what I mean? Like, work your way up. We're talking like you spent 10 years in the league. You're like a eight-time All-Pro, you know. You're putting up Hall of Fame numbers, you know. that He's what, like, what do you want to say, like six years, seven years in? I can't remember. Something like that. He's 31. Yeah. So, I mean... Okay, maybe I'm way off. Okay, maybe it's like maybe it's more like nine years in or something. But still, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's not played at the level that he should be having to play at to act like that. So he is going to play Monday night. I said in Pickham that I was going to pick Denver yesterday. With Antonio Brown, though, I think I want to go with Oakland. I I'm think st- I do. I'm still sticking with Denver. Going to stick with Denver, okay? Yeah, uh, I think he might make a difference, but I think Oakland's bad enough that even having him <laughs> is not going to be enough. And Denver's not good either, but I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, how many practices has he missed? Uh, just throwing a fit constantly. Right. It's like he's not gelled with the offense, and now they're, you know, expecting him to just jump in and, you know, become a star. It's, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Denver wins, and it's not going to be a good game. This is going to be like a Packers-Bears game, just awful. How did we get stuck with that game for primetime on Monday Night Football? I feel like Monday Night used to be, like back in the day when it was on ABC, and Mm -hmm. and they had the helmets crashing together in the (laughs) pregame, and it was really cool. Like The marquee game would kind of be that. And then the Sunday Night game on ESPN would kind of be like a JV game, Mm -hmm. you know, like two 4-12 and teams going at it. Where now it's flipped, and now Sunday Night Football has become kind of like the marquee game. And Monday Night's kind of like, okay, not as bad as Thursday Night. Thursday Night is when you find, like, you get like a (laughs) Titans-Jaguars game from a couple of years ago. Um, Monday Night's just, it's not the draw that it was. And it's mm-hmm. a little weird. Maybe it's because it switched to cable. I don't know, but it's, I don't know. It's odd how it went that way. They do have a good one in the early game yes, with Houston, do. New Orleans. That'll be a good one. And then yeah. Sunday night, Pittsburgh, New England. But there are other games Sunday afternoon I'd rather watch, like the Rams at the Panthers, Vikings and Falcons. I'd even rather watch Washington at Philadelphia. How about Colts at Chargers? That'd be another one. I'm intrigued just to see what Jacoby Brissett's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's actually shown, he's not as good as Luck, obviously, but he's shown 
when Luck got injured, that he's actually a very capable quarterback. He's, I would say, an above-average quarterback. He can lead his team to wins, and a lot of pressure is going to be on him, but he's shown that he can rise to the occasion. Now, because of him, are the Colts a Super Bowl contender anymore? I don't think so, but they're going to be a playoff team. Mm. I can think they can maybe get a bye. Um, you know, if they play well, I think they'll at least get past the first round, but... You know, I, I'm intrigued to see what he can do, and I'm also intrigued to see if the Chargers are as highly rated as everybody makes them do it. They're overrated. They're overrated every year. It's something I will stand with. <laughs> That's it, a hill I'll die on, basically. Is it time to just trade Melvin Gordon? I think so. Yeah. See I mean, what you can get back from Yeah. I mean, it's just, this is going on for too long, and they just need to, every, they just both cut ties and mm-hmm. move on. It's kind of like a... It's a relationship in a way. You oh, yeah. Know? No, neither of you really want to be together anymore, and you're just waiting for somebody to take the initiative <laughs> <laughs> and, and leave. That's, uh, that's kind of what it is with Melvin Gordon and the Chargers right now. So uh, hopefully he'll find a new spot and he'll be able to contribute. I wonder who would be a good fit for him and who would have something that the Chargers want because they have some needs. I think they would like to boost their wide receiver core a little bit more. I mean, Keenan Allen's good, but... I don't even know who their number two receiver is. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Chargers go after Antonio Brown. <laughs> and then the Raiders get Melvin Gordon. I think that everyone else is looking at Antonio Brown right now like I did in fantasy, and he is on the list of guys I would not touch with a 10-foot pole. Uh-huh. He's on there. Todd Gurley was yeah. on there. Yeah. Cooper Cup kind of was yeah. on there. Uh-huh. I like Cooper Cup. I hope he gets back, but yeah, I don't know. I don't trust him. Jameis Winston was on there. I never trust James Winston. No, even with Bruce Arians. No, he's not going to be what he was supposed to be. And uh, yeah, I was just trying to think, wouldn't it be hilarious if the Chargers <laughs> got Antonio Brown? But uh, not going to happen. Um, who's in need of a really good running back? The um, the Bears. The Bears? <laughs> There's a possibility. Well, maybe Nagy would actually use his running backs. Back, yeah, learn how to use a running back effectively. Um, th- there's some places he could go. Um but yeah, he just needs to find a new, a new scenery. You know, the Chargers need to move on without him, and uh, it's good for everybody. I don't think this would happen because it's interdivisional. But what about Denver? Because I don't think Philip Lindsay is going to be as good as he was last year. But what if you sent Melvin Gordon to Denver for like Emmanuel Sanders and a pick, or Cortland Sutton and a pick, something hmm. like that? That's not bad. No. Um, I know teams don't really like to deal within their division. That's, that's why I don't think it'll yeah, happen. That's what I don't think. I mean, it's a good trade, I think, but I, you're not going to see um, those kind of deals going on within the division, especially at this stage. You could have Kansas City do the same thing with like Sammy Watkins in a pick, but again, yeah. interdivision. <laughs> interdivision, it's not going to happen. No. What about Houston? They have a lot of wideouts, and Duke Johnson's their best running back. They've got Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. Uh, Kiki Kotri, and of course they've got DeAndre Hopkins. They don't need all of them. True. I think they'll keep Hopkins. Oh, but, uh, yeah. You need to keep Hopkins. I would keep Will Fuller. Yeah. Because oh. he's good for four weeks until he tears his ACL. Yeah. I mean, you can get four weeks out of him, you know. <laughs> Some decent sets, get four wins, and then he can sit on the bench. Uh, I I think that could be an option. I, I, I feel for him, though, because I think he's got a lot of potential that he hasn't quite tapped into yet, mm-hmm. and... Uh, he kind of like he's like a sleeper running back in a way. Mm. Like uh, he's not a running back that jumps out at you immediately, but he's one that's definitely top ten yeah. you know, in the league. So uh, 
I hope somebody picks him up. I wouldn't put him at top five, but I think you're yeah. right, top ten, something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Six, seven, Six, somewhere seven, in that range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't think Antonio Brown is going to make an impact getting back to the Raiders? You don't think he'll make the impact that he was brought into Oakland to do on Monday no, night? No, not Monday night. I think maybe week two he'll be able to, but it's just he sat out for so long, and there's so much drama within the team, and despite his emotional apology with his captains beside <laughs> him, I don't think that's going to make up for anything. So I think I think this week maybe though things will get better. The, if there's a perk, they're playing Denver, who's not very good. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing that might be going the Raiders' way, but I think week one, there's just been so much antics and stuff, they're going to be distracted. Imagine if they do somehow win on Monday night and they start the year 1-0 and after all of this, and think what the locker room could be like a week from now. That would be definitely interesting. <laughs> um but then Antonio Brown would have his money, yeah. so then he would have all the power that he wants, knowing that he would be guaranteed $30 million, which means he could threaten to physically you know, assault his general Anybody. manager and call him a cracker, like yeah. he did the other day. And he could actually maybe physically assault his general <laughs> manager, not stop like halfway, like actually finish the job. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, what a mess. Man, how about that? You only have to wait. What, four more days to get $30 million, and all you got to do is not call your boss a cracker and threaten to punch him in the face. I mean, that seems like common sense. It seems like a re- uh, reasonable. I think I could restrain myself <laughs> you know, to do for that. A cu- for a couple days, you know, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> next week, he'll be guaranteed that money because he'll have veteran status. Exactly. He'll be able to do that, and you could maybe get away with assaulting your general manager <laughs> at least a little more it is the raiders that's kind of been their history is craziness which shameless plug my column this weekend uh, saturday will be about the raiders yeah so. no more sunday paper huh? yeah uh it's, it's a tough blow i know it's a change for everybody but pick up the saturday paper it's a it's now the weekender edition that's when my column will run so well, i tell you what the raiders do get antonio brown back I don't know if he even likes football anymore, to be honest with you. I feel like I could totally see it happening that he gets his veteran status and it just leaves after that game. I don't know if he even likes playing football anymore. He cares. Didn't Albert Hainsworth do that once? Something like that. Yeah. Like week five, he just decided he didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Huh. Vernon Davis at halftime? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Vernon Davis made me laugh when he did that. You know what? I don't want to come out anymore. This is a joke. Stan Ross and Mr. 3000. Yeah. Got his 3,000th hit. Nope, I'm done. Antonio Brown just wants his $30 million, which all he has to do is play in Monday night's game, and he'll get it. So, like, step off the sideline, you know, for one series, Mm -hmm. maybe catch a ball, and then, okay, (laughs) I'm done. Yeah, not even linger around. Just head to the tunnel. Yep. He's retired. No. Toss your helmet, your helmet that you didn't want in the first place. Weird Power Rangers looking helmet. Yeah, and just toss it in the crowd, maybe sign it with a Sharpie, and then make your way to the exit, yeah. How much do you think Mayock regrets taking this job? I would say pretty heavily. Uh, He just looks like a man who's really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by his job. Like a guy who analyzed the draft for ESPN and somehow managed to land a GM. It's just, he looks out of place. He doesn't know quite what he's doing. Now, granted, the Brown thing didn't help. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that made it worse for him, but he just looks like, I don't belong. (laughs) It's like like a sign that's flashing above his head, like, I shouldn't be here right now. I have a theory 
because it's Gruden who controls that team. He's the one that pulls the strings, not Mayock. So Gruden hired Mayock as the general manager. Well, Mark Davis, the Davis family hired him, but we all know Gruden hired Mayock in late December. Antonio Brown was signed about early March, March 9, 10, something like that. Mayock has always seemed to be the bad guy. He's the bad cop. While Gruden is the good cop. It was Gruden who announced that Brown wouldn't be suspended a couple of hours ago, not Mayock. I almost wonder if Gruden is trying to win over Brown, showing him, I'm your friend, I'm the good cop, and he's making Mayock play bad cop. Like, Mayock is just the fall guy. He's just a pansy. Yeah, That's my theory. I have no idea if it's true or not, but I wouldn't be shocked if it is. I... John Gruden with his passionate, you know, I love this Antonio Brown, you know, he's got the talent, you know, all that stuff, and uh, and Mike Mayock's up in his booth, you know, just grimacing. Because Reggie McKenzie would have never stood for this, no. and there was no reason to fire a successful GM like him. No, it was uh, it was a bad Raiders decision, but the Raiders make dumb decisions all the time, so uh, didn't, remember the st- the... When L. Davis was on that kick, where I draft the fastest guy in the combine every year, I mean that was his thing. Like year after year, who's the fastest guy? And that's mm-hmm. what I. I mean, I remember when the draft when Darius Hayward Bay got drafted by the Raiders, and he just like had this forlorn look on his face, like I'm gonna be miserable. <laughs> I just got a nice deal, but I'm going to hate playing. The bride of the Maryland Terps, Darius Hayward Bay. Yes. I haven't heard that name in a year. I just, you know, you run down like the top 10 draft moments, the NFL draft. That's definitely Mm -hmm. top 10 for me because he's just, his shoulders slumped and he's just like, oh, man. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steve with you Friday afternoon. Let's take another time out when we come back. Northern Michigan starting the new football season tomorrow. We'll preview them next. Plus, maybe another California sports team with a little in-house fighting. We'll tell you about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're along on this Friday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, Miami Marlins pitcher Brian Moran made his Major League debut. His first career strikeout came against his brother Colin. Struck him out on a 72-mile-an-hour slider. The last time a player pitched against his brother in a Major League game came all the way back in the year 1900. How about that? There's a lot of wacky old-timey stats that come around, like the whole Babe Ruth thing that happened the other day. For the first time since Babe Ruth in 1921, a player pitched, played outfield, and hit a home run in the same game. How about Just, that? Times are changing. Going back to some uh, the old-time days. Elsewhere, Jumbo is sticking around in San Jose. The Sharks have re-signed Joe Thornton to a one-year deal. And finally... California Congressman Raul Ruiz is in one of the most unique political challenges of his career. The 47-year-old incumbent Democrat is running against Raul Ruiz, his 51-year-old Republican challenger. Both parties have nominated Raul a guy with Ruiz, the same name. a guy with the same name. How about that? Are you going to be able to tell who you're voting for <laughs> at the booth? Is the hint going to be the D or the R next time? That's it's going to have to be. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a California district with two guys with the same name on far different spectrums of the political ideology going up against each other. How could this go wrong? Yeah. 
Can you imagine if there was like an election dispute? No. All the voters <laughs> meant to vote for me, the real Raul <laughs> That's going to be one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I, I would. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool elections going on in November. I'd keep an eye on that one, though. Well, I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steeg with you on this Friday afternoon. Don't forget Patriot football at Iron Mountain tonight. Kickoff set in about two and a half hours. We'll pregame 30 yeah. minutes prior. But first, we've got... Some Northern Michigan football mm-hmm. to talk about because they are opening the season tomorrow night. Year three of the Kyle Nystrom era, and McKendry is in town. Put up a good fight against them last year, but came up short. Yeah, that was an interesting game. I uh, talked about it on Fox Sports Market yesterday. They said, you "Cheater, I, yeah, cheating on us." Well, I, I have, uh, you know, I have relationships with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but uh, yeah, anyway, going back to that game. NMU had to play catch-up pretty much the entire second half. They scored a touchdown in thrilling fashion Mm -hmm. as time expired, but they were still six points short in the end. (laughs) So it's like I remember looking at the stat sheet because I was trying to keep track of the game during the day, but I looked at the box score, and it's like, oh, they scored as time expired. (laughs) Then I looked at the final (laughs) score, and it's like, well, it didn't matter in the first place. So it was – that was an interesting way last year. I know when we talked to Kyle, Kyle said that was a really frustrating game for mm-hmm. them. Uh, it was a game that they probably thought they should have won. Um, but this is a different McKendry team. McKendry lost a ton yeah. this year, especially on offense. Um, they had a program record of uh, scoring 393 points last year. Um, they paced the GLV, the Great Lakes Valley <laughs> Conference, <laughs> GLVC, um, with total offense at nearly 495 points. Um, just uh, they were a good offensive team. However, their starting quarterback's gone. Mm-hmm. They're starting right. Their best wide right receivers gone. Their best running backs gone. All the three big pieces are gone from McKendry. Now, granted, they got a decent running back coming back, and Jace Franklin, who was second team all GL, second team all GLVC. <laughs> I hope I get tired. Second team all conference. Yeah, yeah, let's just say that. Second team all conference. Um, Their quarterback this year looks right now to be a starting redshirt freshman Mm. uh, compared to an accomplished senior that it was last year, so that's going to be interesting. Um, Apparently he's threw for a state record in Illinois, 41 TDs as a senior. Mm. So, you know. Good football in Illinois. Yeah, pretty much a quality quarterback. Um, I mean, if there's a weakness for McKendry, it's going to be on offense mm-hmm. because they lost so much. So if if the NMU defense can you know create some takeaways, you know um, step up, get some pressure on the quarterback, they could really make a name for themselves this weekend. Now the flip side, the defense for McKendry is loaded. <laughs> they return all four starters in the D line. Mm-hmm. Um, their linebacking core is still strong. Um, one of their guys had 106 tackles last year. It was second team, all-conference. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a weakness in the defense, it's in the secondary. They only have two starters coming back there. So if Ryan Johnson can exploit that, it could be a very interesting game. I, I would expect Northern to throw the ball more, mm-hmm. I think, because of the weaknesses in the secondary. And then I think they're going to plan to rush the quarterback um, more, more, more. Start, you know, doing a pass rush and focusing on the run because of the he's inexperienced back there. You could rattle him early. It, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I said uh, yesterday that I think Northern's going to win the game, and I'm still sticking with that. Dan Fedrosi, new offensive coordinator. I'm excited yeah. to see what he brings. Yeah, um, uh, he's lost a 
huge weapon last year because Jake Meon graduated yep. and has moved on. Um, set cr- career rushing le- record at NMU, single season rushing record at NMU. He just he was just a monumental piece, probably the best running back in school history. And uh, so that's a blow for Dan to have to start over. But he did say he had some guys who could. I think this year's going to be more like a running back by committee kind of thing. Um, they're going to switch in two or three guys with their carries and to see if some guy can emerge mm-hmm. as the starter. Um, some college teams do that at the start of the year. Some even rotate quarterbacks. It's a little weird when they do it that way. But that, I think that's going to be Northern's thing for the first couple of weeks is to try to see who's going to be the starting running back. Um, and uh, But there is some potential there. But it's going to be like at least two years before you'll probably see some Jake Mayon-esque um, running yards, rushing yards and rushing stats from them. But uh, it's going to be an interesting game. How about defensively? What are we expecting out of Northern? <laughs> um, well, uh, Kyle was pretty high on his defense. You know, he th- thought they returned a lot of guys, returned, uh, you know, a strong core there. It, I mean, they lost a couple. Um, uh, Troy Mayon. Jake's younger yep. brother is going to anchor the secondary. He's going to be pretty solid back there. I think uh, linebacking core is going to be good. I think Northern's looking pretty good. Their weakness the last couple of years has been on defense. Um, just a, like was it four years ago, they had the worst rushing defense in the mm-hmm. country in D two, so they were really bad there. They've gotten better, but I think the experiences. I mean, it's third year of Kyle's, you know, era. I think he's got a veteran core there that I think can be effective. So, I, I, I was asked yesterday, do I, what would constitute a a good season for NMU? And I'm thinking just take progress. Mm. It went from one win to three wins last year. Yep. I think if they can get to five. That'd be a huge thing because it shows that they're trending in the next direction. I don't think they're quite at the caliber. I think maybe if Mayan was back, maybe you could say maybe they could get cra- crack the 500 mark. But I think they're still missing a couple pieces. But I think, I think they're going to have a decent year. And by decent, I mean one that, you know, is might get fans being like, okay, well, you know, next next year, let's start heading to a few more games. Right. Let's talk about the offensive lines. Who's going to control the line of scrimmage? Who has the edge there? I would say probably Northern, okay. um, just because they're a little more veteran. Um, the O-line, again, McKenzie, not just their um, skill positions. They lost a lot on their line. Um, so it's going to be, I think the offensive line for Northern is going to be the controlling the line scrimmage a lot easier than McKendry. McKendry, like I said, if they can get, if Northern can get some good pass rush going, I think McKendry could get overwhelmed early. So uh, I'd say Northern's got the advantage on the O-line. Northern taking on McKendry tomorrow to open up the 2019 football season, but they're not the only Northern team that's in action getting their season started this week. Soccer opening up with a win yesterday over Southern Indy. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Is that out of Evansville? I can't remember where they're at. but uh, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But they're a pretty good team. Yeah, they're a really good soccer team. Uh, You know, men's soccer's made a nice climb for a team that was just introduced a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, you know, they've... Been successful in the GLIAC. Nice way to start the year. They could they could make some noises here. Now, when we asked talked to David um, after the during the press conference, he said, you know, they lost some key players, and you know, like Sam Pop, Kevin Hoof, you know, veteran players, but they got a good core, uh, some younger players that can contribute. I think you know, soccer could have a good season. They win two to one yesterday over Southern Indiana, a team that 
correct me if I'm wrong. I think they made the Elite Eight last year in the Division Two. Yeah, tournament. they were they were a really solid soccer team. So uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment for soccer. And then volleyball. Yep, volleyball's up in Houghton today. Yeah, uh, they won last night over Mary. Yep, out of Bismarck, North Dakota, and then uh, but they lost Upper Iowa. Yep, I think Peacocks. They, yeah, the Peacocks. The Peacocks out of, out of Fayette, Iowa. Uh, yep, not uh, my side of the state, other side. Yeah, but. Uh, I always thought that was an interesting team name. The Peacocks. When uh, they would come up uh, to play like uh, Minnesota Moorhead, they would just be like, how do you pick the Peacocks for a football (laughs) team name? But it works, uh, and uh, that was a tough defeat for Northern. But I think they play Southwest Minnesota State tonight. They do at about 5 o'clock. So when we're signing off, they'll get going against the Stangs. Peacocks, by the way, my younger brother plays them tomorrow in Northern Sun Conference football. Over in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, so he's a cougar. He is a Augustana Viking. Oh, he's Augustana Viking. Yeah. Okay. USF is the enemy. Okay, I see. <laughs> I see. Um, but yeah, I. You know, we talked to Mike. He said, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough battle for them. Uh, the second match today. Uh, Southwest Minnesota State's a volleyball powerhouse. Um, a lot of good volleyball teams in Minnesota. On a mm-hmm. side note, but uh, I think it's a good test for them. Because it gets to see where you're at right away. Now, it doesn't help that they just lost as they're going into the match, so maybe the confidence is a little shaken. But, uh, you know, it should be a good game, though. I think Southwest Minnesota State is number nine in the country entering this one. And when you play top ten teams like that, you got to go into it thinking all the pressure's on them. You know, no one's picking us to win this. There is nothing that we can do to disappoint. Yeah. You, You know, just go in with an easy mind, just saying, hey, we're just here to win. And we're trying here to figure out, it's only the third match of the year, we're trying to figure out where we're at, you know, and I think they'll get a better picture after this tournament's over. But, uh, yeah, just go in with a little bit of confidence, a little, you know, let's see what we can do, you know, and uh, all the pressures, of course, on the Mustangs because they're trying to justify their ranking. Last thing before we hit the break, there is another pro sports team in California. I think you were singing California Dream when we signed out <laughs> yeah. to the break last yeah. segment. Uh, there is another pro sports team, though, with a little bit of turmoil in their locker room, and that would be the L.A. Lakers. A report came out today that said LeBron James is no longer inviting Anthony Davis to be part of his Taco Tuesday. First of all, I, I'm not on LeBron's side for this because he tried to trademark Taco Tuesday. That's for the people. You're telling me you're the first person to ever think of Taco Tuesday? Take a seat, LeBron. I didn't agree with it when Laura Ingram said it, but shut up and dribble. This is the situation where you <laughs> shut up and dribble. I think it's like if someone tried to trademark Thirsty Thursday. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that Taco Tuesday is a, a, a standard in school cafeterias. It's for the people. Yeah, I mean, there's deals. I mean, you got... It's an, it's embraced. There's community restaurant, Mexican restaurants who say Taco Tuesday. It's like no, you cannot trademark, and uh, Antonio Davis, you're too boring to be Taco. <laughs> that Tuesday. was literally the report. Was that he told Anthony Davis he is too boring to be part of LeBron's Taco Tuesday celebrations going forward. That news broke on the Lebetard show today earlier this afternoon. Lebetard then, right before the one o'clock hour, revealed the source was Anthony Davis himself. He apparently told TMZ in an exclusive that LeBron is no longer inviting him to be a part of Taco Tuesdays going forward. Was he hurt? Yeah, he was a little sad. <laughs> like, there were little tears forming underneath the unibrow. Well, come on. It's like, well, develop a personality. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. He has. He's one of those athletes with the personality of the wall over there. Yeah, I mean, just 
I mean, he has no personality. Well, we were joking. We were talking about, you know, like the introductions during the, you know, when NBC does their, here's each player, let's <laughs> announce their college. And, like, some of the guys look like they're either half asleep or they do it or just, like, are the most boring people you could meet. Like, Brian Balaga, Iowa. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, really? I mean, it's like you don't have to be, like, energetic, but, like, look like you're awake. <laughs> Not everyone can beat Terrell Suggs. Or Jared Allen with his, yeah, with his jokes that he used to do. I'm from the Culinary College and stuff like that. I mean, you can have some fun with it, but at least, like, there's some guys who are just, like, you know, proud to be from the schools they're at, and there's some guys who are just like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> some guys are from Butte Community College. Yeah, Community <laughs> College. Straight out of Dubuque. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> oh, but I tell you what, I feel for Anthony Davis, and I'm on his side mm-hmm. in this, because LeBron has no right to Taco Tuesday. No, no. more right than you or I do. No, no. Uh, that's, you, like you said, it's the people's day. That's a people's thing, just like Thirsty Thursday. Or, uh, you know, what does Friday have anything? Um, like, it can. TGIF, maybe. But they, TGIF, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, although that's a restaurant. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, eat. The communities embrace days, mm-hmm. and that's their thing. You can't trademark something that belongs to people. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you our last time out when we come back. Friday Funnies to finish out the work week next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, you can check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play or... Just look up ESPNUP.com and get it from your computer, your device, what have you. By the way, this weekend, we have a lot going on here on ESPNUP. We've got baseball, Red Sox, Yankees. Could be the nail in the coffin for Boston's playoff hopes. Or New York could take a stranglehold on the American League and try to fend off Houston. Plus, we got football this weekend. we got Stanford, USC tomorrow night at 9. Going to stay up to watch two backup quarterbacks battle each other. Or uh, listen, in this case. Eh. <laughs> Probably not. JT Daniels and KJ Costello both out for that game. And then Sunday, we've got a doubleheader here on ESPN-UP. We've got Chiefs-Jacksonville at noon. Good offense against good defense. And then Seattle against Cincinnati at 4 o'clock. So you've got good on both sides of the ball against bad on both sides of the ball. Nice. Yep, should be a fun weekend. Yeah, very. <laughs> sounds fantastic, yeah. Well, I tell you what, we end the week every week with the Friday Funnies. Ryan, what do you got? Well, uh... You a pro fre- pro wrestling guy? At Not all? really. My okay. father loves it. My father's a writer for it, actually. Really? He is. Yeah, I uh, I used to love it when I was a kid. And even as a teenager, I tried to tune in for it. Do you know who Chris Jericho is? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris Jericho is now in All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the WD, All Elite Wrestling. And he lost his title belt. Mm. Guess where it was stolen from? His car? A Longhorn Steakhouse in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> People are saying that he was possibly drunk at the time. You think? Yeah, but the belt was stolen from a Longhorn Steakhouse in Tallahassee he was at. The Tallahassee P- Police Department said it was found, but then their Facebook posts got deleted. Okay, so a reporter in the area called the police department about that, and then they said, okay, the search is still ongoing. They later confirmed that the belt was the correct belt. I don't know, are there different championship belts that have been disappearing across the country? Is it a fake? Counterfeit? Uh, I don't know. One of those belts you buy at Walmart? 
that people carry around, like an Aaron <laughs> Rodgers kind of thing. Um, but it was eventually returned to him. He is the champion. He has the belt again. But I thought I'd start it off because not like at a club, but a Longhorn Steakhouse <laughs> in Tallahassee. There you go. That's that's where Chris Jericho has fallen now. Did you see the phone? The guy caught, caught the phone? Uh, the clips of that guy catching the phone on the roller coaster? No. Okay, well, apparently a guy in New Zealand, he's a New Zealand fistball player, which I've never what heard of. that? I probably should have done more research on that, but a that's what a, a fist, fistball player where apparently you can only play by using a fist. <laughs> um, but uh, he was on a ride um, in Barcelona, um, and he said a guy was two rows ahead of him and dropped his phone like, when you're in a roller coaster, you're in your car, it, it fell on the car, you know, it fell between his feet. Mm-hmm. So he was hoping it would stay put and he'd catch it, like, mm-hmm. when the ride ended. Well, that was going up. <laughs> on the way down, the phone flew backwards, and uh, the uh, baseball player literally reached out his hand and snagged it before it <laughs> fell back down to the earth. It, uh, it's a really cool clip. It's on Twitter. It's on social media. If It's... I mean, it's it's a pretty cool catch. That I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's like catching a cell phone, like, without being on a roller coaster is difficult. <laughs> catching it, like, while speeding downhill at about 70 miles an hour, yeah, that's quite an impressive feat he was able to pull off there. Um, Lance Lynn, Rangers pitcher, got upset because ump Will Little would continuously want to replace balls with fresh balls, mm-hmm. even when they're not needed. Mm-hmm. Like every pitch that would throw, Will would take the ball, throw it out, grab a new one, and throw it back. And Lancelot Lynn is getting clearly frustrated because this takes time to get a new ball. While on one of the, there's a fly ball, guy in the outfield catches it, relays it in, Lance gets the ball. He's starting to, you know, he gets the rosin bag, gets up, he's ready to pitch again. And Will Little calls for a new ball. Mm-hmm. Even though it was just hit and is perfectly fine, he wants a new ball. And, you know, Lance Lynn's getting frustrated. His manager actually feels the need to step in because Lance, you know, is starting to get visibly. And (laughs) Lance, you can hear over the speaker, yells out, We don't have all effing night. We have a plane to (laughs) catch. It was it was really funny that they caught that. But it was such a bizarre thing because it was just like every ball Mm -hmm. you'd have to replace it and it's just like not all these it's not like you know there's like pine taurus coating Mm -hmm. it or anything it's just like it was a ground ball that i threw to first (laughs) the the ball's fine how much do you think playing the yankees had something to do with that probably a little probably a lot to the frustration maybe they thought major league baseball is giving them special baseball juice it or something i don't know if there was a conspiracy theory but I would think that playing the Yankees added to the frustration. I would imagine that, and his, uh, his statement still made me laugh. God, that was great. Um, let's see. You have, how much time do we have left? Oh, we got a few minutes still. Okay. Um, the Costa Rican national soccer team coach quit because he was <laughs> bored. You saw that? Oh, yeah. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give a brief overview if anybody missed it. Uh, he said managing the team was boring because he doesn't have day-to-day action with the players. Sometimes he feels it like a vacation, and I spend too much of my time watching film. So apparently he's bored and has taken a job at like a much more competitive, like 
league or something like that. So you're playing, you're coaching a team that's had much more pressure on you, mm-hmm. and yet you got rid of the job where it didn't require a whole lot out of you. It was That's a first. You I'm, get paid more to do less. <laughs> it's like the dream. Yeah, isn't that like everybody's goal? Make a bunch of money and mm. not really have to work all that hard? I, but in my application, yeah, the Costa Rican I, soccer head coach? I, I should have, you know, because apparently I'm willing to do it. I don't know why he's not. I coached two undefeated JV seasons at the high school level in Iowa. Attaway. I, I could be a prime candidate. I think, yeah. You could be considered. You have more soccer knowledge than I do. Um, you hear what Lonzo Ball said? Oh, yeah. His shoes? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that hilarious? Wasn't that great? Yeah. Again, for people who don't know, he appeared on teammate Josh Hart's, Josh Hart's podcast and said that the shoes were so flimsy, they'd tear apart after one quarter of play. So he had to bring four pairs of shoes with him for every game that he's at. How... I don't think, I mean, I've had basketball shoes that maybe didn't last as long as I thought. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe like, I thought maybe I'd get like, maybe a couple seasons out of them, Mm because they still looked fairly nice, but uh, no, not ones that would last for 12 minutes. No, with Big Baller brand, you need four to get through one game, and and just hope it doesn't go to overtime. Yeah, and uh, then you're playing in your feet, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) playing in your socks, that kind of a thing. But yeah, that's that's a hilarious one. But we'll end it with. <laughs> I still laugh at this because, cop seized, forty cannabis plants near Barcelona. Mm. Okay, how did they find out about them? A TV helicopter accidentally broadcast it. They're mm. following a bike race in Spain. It's a huge bike race. I can't remember the name of it, but. You know, TV helicopters will go overhead and watch because at some point they actually go through the streets. Mm -hmm. So you you can't really see it that clearly. So you have the helicopters you're looking. And on one of the rooftops, there's a gigantic weed (laughs) (laughs) set up. Is it not legal over there? Well, here's the thing. Um, Having, um, it's not illegal to grow marijuana. Okay. You just can't sell it. Mm. Um, But... Cops can levy fines if it exceeds a threshold. Like if you're making enough where you could, I think, sell large quantities Mm -hmm. of it, I think they can seize it. So the guy who was farming it got 40 cannabis plants taken away because a helicopter inadvertently (laughs) (laughs) showcased his his weed garden basically on the... uh, on the roof of his house. <laughs> and, uh, I thought, well, that's a good way to end it, because it's like, you got ratted out by a helicopter, you know? Imagine being the broadcasters for that. Yeah. you know, like What do you say about that? You're making the uh, turn around, turn three, you and... Oh, look, there's uh, interesting crops over there. <laughs> I, uh, the, what do you think that guy's growing over the, there, Danny? Uh, well, uh, some kind of herbs, <laughs> looks like. I don't know. Oregano, maybe? That uh, would have been perfect for... Bob Uecker and Monty the Color Man in Major, Major League. League. I would have loved so. to see those two. Yeah, call that or it, call that action. Yeah, I would just I, I just I. And if you're broadcasting it, do you acknowledge it, or do you like pretend that you just? <laughs> in America, it's kind of a gray area because it's legal in some states it's, now, but even the states where it's legal, which Michigan is one, there's still a stigma around. Yeah, it. so it's like, do you like? point it out do you pretend it's not there you know like i mean 
I'm wondering, you're more of a broadcaster than I am. Do, like, do you do you just focus on the race, or do you like, hey, I wonder what that guy's growing over there, you know? I can I, honestly say, before today, involving marijuana in a play-by-play broadcast of mine has never crossed my mind once yeah. in all my years on this earth. But think about that. You know, next time, you know, you're at a high school football game. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a broadcast, hey, I wonder what that guy's growing in his yard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that'd be a fun way to end it because uh, that was something they were not expecting, and I don't think anybody else was. So. You know, in Iowa, the answer was always corn. If you wondered if somebody was growing something, but now you've got that opportunity with Field of Dreams, yeah. hosting a major league game. Yeah. What's that guy growing over there? Who yeah. knows? If uh, it's not corn, it could be anything, I and mean, it's not legal in Iowa. So yeah. But who knows? Maybe by next year it will be. You know, it just, that was, I mean, what do you say? You know, you're broadcasting a bike race, and then all of a sudden you got cops raiding a house. Uh, squad cars joined the race. Yeah, say, oh, look at that. He's moved his way up to third. <laughs> like, if you're racing and you see a cop flashing his lights behind you, do you pull over? Or what do you do? Because you're in a race. Yeah. I mean, technically, does the whole right-of-way law, fall, you know, fall into place there? I, I don't know if it does. Because I know during bike races, usually cops have to find an alternate route <laughs> rather than go that way because there's a lot of traffic you got to get through. So, but yeah, poor uh, guy had his weed seized <laughs> because of a TV heli- because of a helicopter inadvertently broadcasted it all over this, all over Spain. <laughs> oh, I tell boy. you what, I need to look that up. Yeah. But- for now, we are out of time. i got a long dive ahead of me, so i got to head out. Yeah. We will have Patriot football this evening. Kickoff in about two hours. We'll have the pregame in about 90 minutes from now. Appreciate you being here. As always, Ryan, column on Saturday, which I guess I should say tomorrow. Go, go, tomorrow, it'll be on the Raiders and their history and how they're not what they used to be. So that's basically what it is. That is coming out tomorrow in the Mining Journal. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to tune in for Patriot football this evening on ESPN-UP. Don't forget our Saturday morning coaches show tomorrow, and you'll find out who is this week's Marquette County Superior Family Chiropractic and Wellness Player of the Week. Coming up tomorrow, but I'll see you tonight for Patriot Football.